Welcome to the First Century Youth Ministry Podcast. My name is Heather. And I'm Mark, and we are your co-hosts. And we're here to take a look back into the Jewish roots of our faith. For the way forward in youth ministry discipleship. This podcast is a part of the Youth Cartels Podcast Network. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. We're going to have an awesome conversation with Heather today where we introduce the festivals or the ways you party when you do life with God and uh, all the cool stuff going on in scripture about how to, well, dwell with God and then how it gets pulled forward into the New Testament to tell us about who Jesus is. And I'm really fired up for these episodes. Before we dive in, though, we're starting another Parables cohort, April 6th. They're going to be on Wednesdays at 1.30. And I'm just telling you, most of y'all aren't doing that much on Wednesdays at 1.30. I know that. I know a lot of youth pastors. And if you are, I'd move some stuff around because we keep, first of all, getting to meet amazing youth pastors and getting to uh, just kind of journey with them as a youth pastor myself has been so life-giving. It's just beautiful in this day and age that we can hop on and talk about the text and how Jesus discipled students, how to be a better disciple ourselves, and how to grow our kids like with people all around. It's so amazing. Yeah. And then secondly, there's just such helpful content for reframing Jesus as a teacher and then modeling yourself as a teacher too but specifically as a discipler. And that is the missing piece that honestly, first century youth ministry is built to go after the problem of discipleship and to really engage with the fact that most of our students are not continuing in their faith right now after high school. And we want to figure out what Jesus was doing right and pull it forward in compelling ways. So, oh my gosh, join us April 6th, Wednesday, 1.30, how do they like get signed up, Heather? They can go to our website, uh, firstcenturyyouthministry.com, and go to the Parables Cohort tab, and they can register right there. It's $100 or name your own price. We don't really care how much you pay us. We just want to make more friends. Yeah, so like if, if you have $100 in your ministry budget, great. 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 If you have like 30 that's okay too. Um, we will also take food at conferences, I think. <laughs> yes, thank in you, Lord. Um, no, but, uh, okay. You ready to dive in, Heather? Yeah. Can I share one thing real quick about the parables cohort? So yeah, go for it. Wendy, she was a participant of ours from the last time around and she tagged me in something on Facebook that really made me super excited about the work that guys doing through things like the parables cohort. She said that yeah. being a part of our ministry has astronomically changed the way that she teaches the Bible to students and the way that she understands it. And she was like so amped and excited and wants everybody to know about it. And so, hey, be like Wendy. She's an awesome youth leader from Canada who has super scary wallpaper in her house and who loves horses. It's not scary. It's Victorian. (laughs) I loved it. You too could show us your ugly wallpaper if you join the Parables cohort. (laughs) That'd be great. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, hey, today we're looking at the introduction to the Feasts of Israel. Uh, and, and they're called the Moedim or God's appointed times. So we see this in Leviticus 23 that God orders 
the calendar to kind of go around these feasts that he's put in for in, in place, right? So there's a weekly feast. You probably know about it, right? You know about the weekly feast in the Jewish calendar? Shabbat. Shabbat, the Sabbath. That's right. But then there's these other feasts that happen throughout the year, once a year, uh, those being Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of First Fruits, Pentecost, Trumpets, Atonement, and Tabernacles. So there's spring feasts and then there's fall feasts. So the summer is kind of like this like chill time where they're just like in preparation for the next go around, right? And so there's four feasts in um, the springtime and there's three feasts in the, uh, the fall. And so, um, it makes a lot of sense too, because you have your, your harvest and your sowing seasons, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And you, you celebrate and you dedicate. There you go. And, the uh, the Jewish calendar was very much, uh, centered around the agriculture. It totally was. Yeah. And we'll learn that together here over the next few weeks. But the cool thing is, is, is that all of these feasts in some way or another allude to the life of Jesus. Um, and so it's really amazing and remarkable. And so we're going to see that uh, where Jesus totally speaks in a very Jewish way and through his life uh, into the Jewish feast. So um, so there was three feasts that all Jewish men were required to pilgrimage to Jerusalem for. They were Pes- Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. So, um, each- so you could like remember those in a chunk then, right? Yeah. Like kind of lunk- kind of like put those together in your mind. Yep. You got it. So, okay. So this is really fun. So Jesus was crucified on Passover. Okay. That's not fun. No. Well, I mean, it happened. No, I got you. I got you. (laughs) He was put into the ground during the feast of unleavened bread. And he Mm -hmm. was raised from the dead on the festival of first fruits. That's pretty dang good when it comes to, Hey, I think the Jewish feasts have something important to teach us about Jesus. It's it's not only like interesting that it lines up, it lets you know how centric to their worldview the feast like system is. Yeah. I mean, to us, we studied it almost as like a side thing that the Israelites were doing. Mm-hmm. But oh no, like to to Jesus, he envisioned his whole identity to some respect within the guidelines of these feasts and applied them to himself. For sure. And Pulled off some pretty cool timing to show it. No right? joke for realses. So, okay. So maybe I didn't really understand this until I started to really dive into the Jewish feasts. But so obviously the Jewish calendar is very different from the Gregorian calendar that we follow, right? So something that's important for our listeners to know, for those that maybe are newer to this, is that, you know, when we talk about these Jewish feasts, you know, they, you'll, you'll read like a little calendar and it'll say, April, March. It's like, what? Like, well, sometimes the feast falls in April and sometimes it falls in March because again, yeah, yeah, the Jewish calendar is different. It's based upon the moon. It's a lunar calendar. So Um, when there's a new moon that comes out, then the new month begins. And Gregorian is solar. Is that right? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. You got it. Yeah. So the start of a new month or a new moon is called a Rosh Chodesh. I probably said that wrong. Um, In a small way, the Jews believe it symbolizes a spiritual new beginning. So the feast um, that we're looking at today is Pesach or Passover. It begins on the 14th of Nisan, not a car, on the Jewish calendar. (laughs) And it normally falls uh, 
Which, that was a great dad joke. Which by, you saying. you threw that dad joke out a couple episodes ago. I had to bring it back. Which, by the way, Mark got in a car accident today, not in a Nissan, uh, yeah. but he's okay. Thank you, Jesus. Oh yeah, I'm good. so yeah. Um, so it normally falls uh, somewhere in the months of March or April on our calendar. Uh, so Passover is a celebration of the Israelites' deliverance from Egypt. Probably, like if we're being honest, in uh, the Western the Western world, probably one of the most well known. Jewish feasts that we know because we celebrated around yeah. the time of Easter, right? Um, right. So the 14th of Nisan was when the Israelites were commanded by God to put the blood of the lamb on their doorpost so that the angel of death would pass over those households. The destroyer. Yes, the destroyer. And it's the, not the angel of death. It's the destroyer. Yeah, that's even more intense. I'm just being straight with you. Yeah. Oh, thank you very much. The destroyer mm-hmm. uh, would pass over those households and the firstborn male would not die. So, so then... Obviously, Jesus is our Passover lamb, right? And I think you're going to really hit home on that in our next episode on the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And we'll talk about that more here in just a moment. But this is kind of a fun little thing that the Jews do in preparation for Passover. In preparation for Passover, the night before Passover, Jews clean out all the leaven uh, from their homes. And they get the kids involved. And so they... Um, they yeah. give their kids a feather, a wooden spoon, and a little bag. Okay. And oh, I can think of like cute kids running around with their kit, you know, <laughs> their living kit. That's their feather. Yes. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I wonder, I have if, small I wonder if that could be modernized in some way where instead of a feather and a wooden spoon, it's like, uh, I don't even know what it would be. So probably oh, imagine if your youth group had to go find the things like they had to find the feather, find the spoon. If, oh, I'm like, yeah. That'd be sweet. Sorry. Anyway. Yeah. So they take this and then the parents hide uh, 10 pieces of leaven around the home. So they might break off like pieces of bread or crackers or different things like that. Right. And they hide them around the house. And it's the kiddos job with the parents kind of guiding them. The lights are off. They light a candle and they walk around the house and they find all the leaven and they take it with the um, with the feather and they brush it onto the wooden spoon and then they place it in the bag. And then the next morning, um, they that all... That is so cute. Isn't that I'm cute? But it, has like, but it has like a really deep spiritual significance to it too, right? Yeah. So they, Absolutely. they take the bag and then they go the next morning and they burn the bag, representing a clean break from the past, right? And a new beginning at Passover. So the le- put that in your Easter egg and smoke it. That is so much better. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, you know how many churches are like, we got our Easter egg hunt. I know. We've always done it. Yeah. Got to do it. But what does it have so much to do with Jesus? It's more about the Easter bunny than it is Jesus. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I don't even I, know, man. I've heard children's pastors say the tomb is empty, just like the egg. But that is pretty bad. No, there is chocolate inside of that t- that uh, Easter egg. Okay, that is not an empty Easter egg. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. How does it? I'm sorry. Okay. I'm, I'm taking this way off course. We have just. But how does it get real if it's really empty? They're like, this is the worst. Yeah, okay, that would be terrible if you gave a kid a bunch of empty Easter eggs. That seems criminal. Actually, that sounds like the way I would run an Easter egg hunt. <laughs> yeah, that's if someone true. made me do it in church ministry. I'd be like, well, they're going to be empty like the tomb then, because there's really no other reason I would do that. That's why you would not make a good children's pastor, and you would be fired. Oh, no. No, I wouldn't fast. either. I'd make a terrible fast. children's pastor. Okay. Um, I remember one time when I was in El Salvador and I was asked to teach a kid's message and I just uh-huh. froze. Like I, I was surrounded by like 50 or 70 kids. And I was like, 
I don't know what to do. You know what I mean? If it's wild cards, you have no idea what they're thinking or what they're going to do next. Oh my gosh. I feel so much better around teenagers. But okay. So the leaven that is swept Mm -hmm. away represents sin and corruption, while the unleavened bread represents uh, a clean break um, from the past, right? And so so the fun spiritual significance is that, um, so Jesus, again, serves as the Passover lamb. Just as the Passover lamb was sacrificed, the lamb of God was headed to the slaughter on behalf of our sins. And just as the Jews removed all the leaven from their homes, um, the sin and corruption from their lives, right? Jesus, the Passover lamb, yeah. does that for us. So I think that's pretty sweet. Yeah. So I thought, that is sweet. Yeah. So I thought it would be super fun if around Easter time, if y'all, you know, you could potentially, okay, make the children's ministry happy, do the Easter egg hunt, but maybe in a dark place somewhere in the church, you could run this with your kids and it could be super fun where you could talk about the meaning of Passover and sin and corruption. And you could have like a celebration where you burn it all away. Right. Like I I did this something similar with my kids at a fall retreat where we, um, we like had some masks that I had them make where it was like a a mask that we wear. Right. And then the next morning we burned the mask symbolizing that we weren't going to wear those masks anymore. Right. And it was really powerful. And I remember it and and the kids do too. And what, what if you did that at your youth group where you had little bags for the kids and you swept up some crackers and you burnt it away and, you know, you had something to remember how Jesus um, removes the sin and corruption from our lives and you had the opportunity to make every junior high boy really happy because there'd be fire. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, that's funny, but I'll tell you what, um, when you can get something down to a ritual yeah. or an image, mm-hmm. it sticks with your kids more than any gob of words that you can say. Yeah. They'll go to college, yes. make mistakes and remember that ritual. Yeah, and it you're matters right. so much. And I think that's the beautiful thing is that the Jewish tradition of Jesus is full of great rituals. Yes. You really just need to do the work of updating. Totally. You know? um, that's so cool. You're what a great right. idea. Yeah. I mean, you're absolutely right. And this is the powerful imagery of the Jewish feast is that there's metaphors, there's pictures, right? This is why the rabbi spoke in parables and, and all sorts of things, right? Because they were bringing the Bible to life with images and things that we would remember and experience. So yeah. that's the first lesson on the feasts of Israel. And so we hope that you'll stick with us over the coming weeks to just fall more in love with Jesus and maybe start to study those feasts for yourselves. I started doing um, a study on the festivals through First Fruits of Zion, and it's uh, yeah. it's knocking it out of the park for me. I really like it. Where did you find that resource? Like once in a while, I try to just say, "Hey, grab this, and you can learn more." Yeah. Like what? So I did Torah Club like a couple years ago. A friend of mine, she's Jewish and she's a Christian, and she's like hardcore about all of this stuff. And I really enjoyed talking yeah. with her and learning from her. And uh, she in- encouraged me to join Torah Club, and it's ffoz dot org. Mm-hmm. So First Fruits of Zion. So they do like all sorts of different studies and tour clubs with people that they're trying to educate about the Jewish roots of the Christian faith. Their material too, a lot of times you can um, plug it into your own teaching really well. Like they'll give you the yeah. biblical passages You're right. that line up across the Hebrew Bible and the New Testament. And then a lot of times they'll throw in a rabbinic source too. Yeah, and they it's will. It's like, bam, I'm ready to go. Come on, right? come on, come on. So there's cool. your resource, so, everybody. Go do it. Yeah.
there's your resource. Fill up all of those empty eggs with leaven. <laughs> and then just sit back and watch. And, no, Can just you kidding. imagine? Like, why is there a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in my Easter egg? <laughs> why is there one Ritz Bits cracker in my Easter egg? Youth, youth pastors, like, in the corner, stroking a cat <laughs> and laughing evilly. <laughs> Mark, do you remember in when we were kids in um, – vacation Bible school when all you had was like random cookies and Kool-Aid and now they're like, no, they need to be individually wrapped and everybody needs their own individually wrapped oh, drink. Oh, yeah. Snacks for school are like that too. Like, oh, like yeah. gone are the days where you can be like, my kid's turning eight, here are cupcakes. Right? Like they have to be individually packaged, processed, little Debbie's That's that sad. turn kids diabetic. Nice. Anyways, well, well, this has been a really, <laughs> this has been a really fun and tangential <laughs> conversation on the festivals and Passover, <laughs> and um, like we always say, grab a grab a good archaeological or cultural study Bible and open up a chart and spend a half hour with it and figure out how these things line up. Yeah, and then if you need a way to plug it back into your youth ministry and create rituals like Heather's talking about. Well, you need to be friends with us and you probably need to get Heather's book because it's actually full of those ideas. Mm. So you can go to firstcenturyyouthministry.com and find all sorts of stuff to get started there. Yeah. All right, everyone. All right. We'll see you next time. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.